Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and God bless you today. Thank you for joining me for this message. I'd like to bring to you a very short message that I'm entitling Subset, and I want to discuss this, but to do that, I want to take a little bit of time here and set this up. I was reading through the book of Hosea, and I'm in Hosea chapter 7, and I want to read verses 8 through 10, and then I want us to begin to discuss this in a little more detail so I can share a few things with you that were on my heart from the Lord. In Hosea chapter 7, beginning in verse 8, it says this, Ephraim has mixed himself among the peoples. Ephraim is a cake unturned. Now, he's been using some imagery of a baker and a hot oven and so forth. So he's still kind of in that imagery here in this context. Let me read it again. Verses 8 through 10 is where we're reading today in chapter 7 of Hosea. Ephraim has mixed himself among the peoples. Ephraim is a cake unturned. Aliens have devoured his strength, but he does not know it. Yes, gray hairs are here and there on him, yet he does not know it. And the pride of Israel testifies to his face, but they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all this. So he's talking about Ephraim here as if Ephraim was a cake, a cake that's been mixed. You would take flour and mix it with yeast and other things to make a cake. And so he's talking about how there's a mixture here. And he says that Ephraim has mixed himself among the peoples or the pagans, the Gentiles, the nations. That's what he's talking about here. Now, I want us to go next to Psalm chapter 106. And I want us to look at verses 32 through 40. Psalm 106. God is laying out here his case against his people in the wilderness, the ways that they angered him, the ways that he had to judge them or deal with them, and how he was disappointed in those things. So in this context, verse 32, they angered him also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses on account of them, because they rebelled against his spirit, so that he spoke rashly with his lips. They did not destroy the peoples concerning whom the Lord had commanded them, but they mingled with the Gentiles and learned their works. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons and shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus they were defiled by their own works and played the harlot by their own deeds. Therefore, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against his people so that he abhorred his own inheritance and he gave them into the hands of the Gentiles and those who hated them ruled over them. So God is establishing here how even all the way back, to the children of Israel, when they've come out of Egypt, they're still mingling. They've mingled and sinned. They have fallen into idolatry, and God is angry about that. And what God wants them to do is return to him. 
He said they wouldn't return to him. He's longing for them who've done this to return to him. Now, I want to really focus on this topic considering this subset, because what has happened in Hosea and in Psalm 106, God has called his people out to be separate unto him. They're not to mix with the nations or with the pagans. And God was very upset with the children of Israel along in the wilderness days, as we just read in Psalm 106. And he's upset with Ephraim or Israel, his people, in Hosea chapter 7. For the same reason, they've mixed together, they've mixed and mingled, learning their pagan ways. Now, God called for his people to be separate. And we, in our day, are a part of the body of Jesus Christ called the church. And the church is comprised of both Jewish and Gentile believers in Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, who is our Savior, who has shed his atoning blood on the cross of Calvary once for all for our sin. And we believe in him, have put our faith in him, and have now become part of his church. The church is the called out ones. In the New Testament, we find out about the church of the Lord, the church of Jesus Christ. And it is the term, the Greek term, ecclesia, in the New Testament. Now, some have said that the church was not in the Old Testament. Paul does refer to the church as a mystery that is now being revealed. But if you understand the Greek word for mystery, you'll understand that it's something that's been there all along, but has not been understood, has not been really seen clearly, has not been revealed. And I have in my mind a desire to do at least a message, if not a small series, on the church in the Old Testament, because there are many places where it refers to what Jesus comes along in the New Testament and calls the church. You will not find the word church in the Old Testament, but you will find references to it. And I'd love to bring those to your attention. But that's not the focus of this message. Today, I want us to see the ecclesia of the Lord Jesus Christ. And ecclesia is the word for church, translated church in the New Testament. And it means the called out ones, the community or the assembly. It is the called out ones, the ones who are called out to be a congregation and an assembly of Christians before the Lord. For worship, we come together as a corporate body. We come together in local bodies of believers. But when we say the church, we are not talking about buildings or structures. Now, many times we will say we went to church meaning that, you know, we, we went to a physical building and gathered together. But in reality, we're not talking about the church building. We're talking about the church as the body of Christ gathering together in an assembly that has been called out. It refers to the people who comprise the body of Jesus Christ. Now, I want us to look at a couple of places in the New Testament. You will find many references to the church all through the New Testament, even including in 
the book of Revelation in certain chapters because of this verse here primarily. Because Jesus came on the scene and now has broken down the middle wall of partition according to Paul in the book of Ephesians. And we are all one body, both Jew and Gentile, whoever will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and have eternal life and receive it through faith in him alone. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, it says this. This is when Jesus has asked Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter has responded by saying, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the one that our prophets have told us about from of old. And you are the son of the living God, prophesied by Isaiah and others in our Tanakh. You are the Christ, the Messiah that we have been waiting for. And Jesus tells him, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Peter. My, my father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. Verse 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, not on Peter, but on the rock of revelation of who Jesus is, that he is in fact the Messiah, the same one that all of the Tanakh and the prophets all the way from Moses all the way through the prophets and the writings have taught about and have told about. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus has built his church, his ecclesia, his called out ones, the people who comprise the body of Jesus Christ, as Paul refers to it in his epistles. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 through 24, it says this, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So God is telling us here through the author of Hebrews that we have now come to this general assembly, the church of the firstborn registered in heaven, because as a member of the church of Jesus Christ, when we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his atoning work on the cross alone, we are justified by faith and our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We are then registered in heaven. Jesus said to his disciples at one point, he said, don't rejoice that demons are subject to you. You rejoice in the fact that your name is written in heaven. So the assembly that congregation of the church, our names are written in heaven. Praise be to God. And we are part of this general assembly called the church, the called out ones. Lastly, as we draw to a close, I want us to look at this final verse of scripture, set of verses of scripture found in John chapter 17 
And I want to begin the reading in verse 13. This is the high priestly prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ to his Father right before he heads for Gethsemane and then on to the cross. And he says this in John chapter 17, beginning in verse 13. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So I want us to look at this like a subset. Jesus is saying here we are in essence a subset within the world in which we live within our nation, within our state, within our country, within our community. We are to be a subset. We are in it, but we are not of it. We are not to be mixed with it in the sense of picking up that pagan lifestyle. Our lifestyle is to be distinct and different so that God can be glorified and people can be drawn to Jesus. Because our job as the church is the menorah. It's the same job that the menorah had in the tabernacle of Moses to shine the light. That's our job. That is the job of a church, every church, any church, no matter what title it might have on it, no matter what else it might say. It can say a Nazarene church. It can say a Pentecostal church. It can say a Baptist church, whatever. But every church of the living God, every local body, every corporate body, every denomination has one job, and that is to shine the light. What is the light? Paul tells us when he writes these words, he says that the light is the light of the glorious gospel that is to shine forth. He's talking about people that have had their minds blinded, that they would not receive the light of the glorious gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. That is what all of our mission is. It's the same great commission that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, when he gave forth the commission to his disciples. We have that same commission. We are to be a light to others. And if our life is all mixed with theirs, there's no difference. You see, that's what he was telling Ephraim. You're a cake. You're a cake unturned. You're a, you've mixed. You've mixed in with all the yeast of the world, the sin of the world. And there's no distinction. There's no difference now in you. People can't look at you and see the light of Jesus because you've dimmed that light with all this other mixture that's covering it and it's made it smoggy and foggy. And people can't see differently that I am the Savior, the light of the world. They can't come to me. Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, I will draw all people to come to me. So our job is to be in the world, not of it. That's what we are. And we are to live for Jesus. Do you see the ecclesia is the called out ones? He says here in John 17, for God, he prays for the Father to sanctify us. In other words, to set us apart for him. 
by the word of the living God. We are a subset within the whole of the world and the whole of our communities. But Jesus said this in this passage, we are in the world, but we are not of it. Just like that subset. And I've tried to use that image as the image for this message so you can see what I'm talking about here. It's like in math when you've studied Venn diagrams and other things and you see the subset. That's what we are. We are in the world, but not to be of it. So I encourage you, friend, live for Jesus Christ so that your light can shine clearly and you can point people to Jesus and tell them the same thing John the Baptist did. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. People need Jesus and they need to see him in our daily lifestyle, at home, at work, at play, wherever we are, whatever we are doing. We are in the world, but we are not of it, just like the subset. Praise be to God. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And Lord willing, you can tune in and join us for more messages brought to you through Covenant Truth Ministries. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.